right, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, we'll look at verses 15 through 17. For the apostle of love, as he was called, under inspiration, says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, You could sum that up by saying the desire to do, the desire to have, and the desire to be. That's kind of what the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Desire to do, desire to have, and desire to be. Anyway, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So the message tonight is, love not the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for your word. Thank you for the truth that it gives to us, the promises it um, gives to us to encourage us and strengthen us. Uh, Father, we pray that we also heed its warnings and beware of the deceitfulness and the the alluring of the world that would uh, cause us to um, turn away and even keep from coming to the Lord. So pray, Father, that you help us tonight and challenge our hearts and help us to be watching as the Lord commanded for his soon return. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As I think about the word world, it's used different ways in the Bible. Uh, in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, uh, you know it says that they're to go into all the world preaching the gospel, and then it ends by saying, "Even unto the end of the world." And the word "world" there refers even to the end of the age, or a t- speaking of a time period. Of course, it's also used to speak of the inhabitants of the world. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. Obviously, it's not the world he's talking about here, because he said, "Not here, not to love the world," but. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there he's talking about the inhabitants of the world, all the people in the world. So it's used that way. Here in this text, it's the Greek word cosmos, and it speaks of a world system or worldly affairs, or it's defined by Lair's... um, Thayer's lexicon as the aggregate of all of earthly things, the whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, uh, etc., which although hollow and frail and fleeting, stir desire, seduce from God, and are obstacles to the cause of Christ. You know, if you read Revelation, in fact, let's just go over there for a minute. I wasn't really planning on that, but in Revelation chapter 18, Revelation chapter 18, and uh, talks about what's called Babylon, the great whore, and and uh, and if you notice in Revelation 18, 
It says in verse 9, The kings of the earth who have committed fornication live deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her, when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth her merchandise, there's her merchandise, the, the, all the earthly endowments, riches, advantages, and so on, merchandise of her any more, the merchandise of gold, silver, precious stones, and pearls, and fine linen, and purple, and silk, and scarlet, and all thyan wood, and all manner of vessels of ivory, all manner of vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. Fruits of thy soul lusteth after are departed from thee. So these are the things that when, when you're talking about, he says, love not the world. These are the things you're talking about. Things that, that do not last, that are frail and fleeting. Now, we are to use the world, and I'll conclude the message with that, about how we are to use this world to make a living, but we are not to abuse it. And so when he says here to love not the world, he's talking about the don't come attached to the, these things, these things that are earthly, riches, advantages, uh, advantages and pleasures, because we're living this world like the world is a, is a coat that we can take off, because one of these days we're all going to leave it. We're going to leave it. And I'm reminded of what my cousin said to me, uh, that his dad told him, and he was a farmer that was, did, did quite well in his life and gathered a lot of things, and he said it's a lot easier to gather than it is to get rid of it. Many times, all that stuff just causes a lot of contention in families. And so, as we think about the world, the word, the word is used 17 times. This, this word, for world, is used 17 times in the book of 1 John. And as we think about this world that we're talking about here, that we ought not to love, let's look at what the Bible says about this world system. First of all, it's under satanic control. In 1 John 5 and verse 19. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Now that word lieth there is the same word that's translated over in Luke chapter 2 and verse 12 when, when the angel told the disciples, you're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So, you know, it speaks of something that's Passably comfortable. And, and the world is comfortable. The world out there is comfortable that this world system and all these things are under satanic control. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, that Satan is the god of this world. He's the god of this world. If, you, if you're wondering why, why is there such wickedness in our nation? It's because Satan's the god of this world. And he hates liberty. He wants bondage. That's communism is. And many religions are bondage. Jesus said in John 14.30, The prince of this world cometh. Again, referring to the devil, or maybe the one that was filled with the devil, because Satan entered into Judas. We know that, that Satan entered into him. And he went out into the night, 
And of course, he, then he came with those that came to arrest Jesus to give him away, to betray him. But Jesus says, the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. There's, there's, there's no, there's no uh, agreement or working together with the devil and with the Lord. None whatsoever. They're polar opposites, like east and west. And so, this world is under satanic control. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, basically they gave dominion of the world over to the devil. They surrendered that control. And he is the God of this world. When, when, when the devil tempted the Lord Jesus in Matthew 4 and offered him all the kingdoms of the world, he didn't, Jesus didn't refute that he couldn't, didn't have that power to do that. That he couldn't do that. And so, it's under satanic control. Secondly, it is immoral in its character. In Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, Galatians 1 and verse 4, the Bible says this, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God, our Father. Now the word evil there is... Porneros, porneros, that's how you pronounce it, where we get our word, pornography. And, and Paul's saying here, this, this present world is evil. It's evil. Titus 2.12 says, we're to, we're to, it talks about worldly lusts. 2 Timothy 2.22, youthful lusts, we're to flee useful lusts. And this world is evil. It promotes evil. You know, what, what, what is it that sells stuff? You know, you, you, you watch advertisements on television or you see them on billboards, and what often is associated with it? Nakedness. Evil. You know, it's big business. Clothing companies. The more daring the clothing is, the better it attracts. And of course, you know, it's not just women that wear clothing or, or, or certain clothing for purposes. Men do it too. In fact, it's designed for those purposes. And so, you know, and of course, you know, we have we have access, the easy access to all this stuff with the internet. You know, the internet is a great tool. But it can be very, very dangerous to the minds, to our minds and our hearts. Because this 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 world is immoral. It's scary. You know, sometimes I wonder, you know, I sit and think, why would somebody do that? What would they gain by it? Third thing. It's temporary, temporary, it's duration. Here we, we see this in verse 17. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. The world passeth away. It is very temporary in its duration. We know that when the Lord returns, Peter tells us that he's going to destroy this, this present evil world. Second Peter 3 and verse 10, he says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. 
Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in whole holy conversation and godliness? You know, God's going to destroy all this, all this, all you see in this world today. One day the Lord's going to destroy it and create a new heaven and a new earth. All this is going to pass away. It's only temporary in its duration. Uh, Timothy, or, uh, Apostle Paul writing to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. 1 Timothy 6, verse 7 and 8 says, But godly with, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. You have to leave it all behind. You know, the only thing you can take with you is what was done for the Lord. It's the only thing you can take with you. You know, the story is told of a very wealthy man that said he wanted to be buried in his new Cadillac. And so, you know, because he had the wealth to do it, they set him in his new Cadillac with his white gloves and everything else and, you know, and dug a big hole and, and brought in a crane to, to put him in the ground. And somebody standing by said, Boy, ain't that living. Living? You can't take it with you. It's, it's temporary. It's temporary duration. This world will pass away. But I'm just going to notice a fourth thing. It is blinding in its influence. It's blinding in its influence. Notice it says here in verse 15, Love not the world, neither things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, and when Satan tempted Eve, he deceived her, he blinded her into thinking that this would not be harmful. Second Corinthians four verses three and four. Second Corinthians four verses three and four says there that the God of this world, in whom the God of this world, but if our gospel be hid, is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So Satan blinds the minds through the things of this world. Through the things of this world. It's like putting blinders on a horse so that they cannot see properly. Uh, Matthew 13.22 says this, He also that receives seed among the thorns, and he that, he, he that heareth the word, the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he become unfruitful. The deceitfulness of riches. See, riches blind people to their need. Is that not true of the rich young ruler? He was deceived by his riches. It blinded him. It influenced him. Hosea 4, 11 and 12 says, Hordom and new wine, or Hordom and wine and new wine take away the heart. My people ask counsel at their stocks and their staff, 
declareth unto them, for the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. And so this whoredom, which be immorality, and wine, which is which is really a drug, it says, take away the heart. In other words, it's a blinding influence. And it says they're stocks. Now, now when you think about this, I, I got thinking about this a little bit. It talks about their stocks and their staff. Their stocks. The word stocks refers to wooden idols or groves. You know, the, uh, many many in Israel had at this time had groves or high places. By the way, not everyone had those. It was the more well-to-do that had them. Usually the wealthy. Remember Micah and Judges? He had his own images that he hired a silversmith to make, and he had them in his own house. And then he had enough money that he hired his own priest. Now, I'm sure that not everybody in Micah's day, around Micah, had enough money to hire their own priest. And of course, the staff here refers to a rod used for divination. In fact, one of the, the, the literal definition is a twig. So think about what this is. My people ask counsel at their stocks. In other words, their, their wooden idols or their high places, and their staff, their twigs, declareth unto them. So you're going to have a stick telling you what is right and what is wrong. It's demonism. What that is? It's demonism. You know, but did Moses' rod? You know, of course, they you you could take this that well. Moses had a rod. Did Moses' rod ever tell him what to do? No, God told him what to do with the rod. The power wasn't in the rod that he had. The power was of God. The rod was just an instrument. See, this is demonic. But it, what it does is it blinds them from the truth. Boredom and wine. This caused, of course, Solomon. Uh, affected Solomon. The, the uh, asking counsel at stocks and so on. So this is it's blinding in its influence. It is foolish in its judgments. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses uh, 18 and 19. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 18 and 19. says, Let no man deceive himself. Many of you among you seemeth the wise in this world, and become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness of God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, you know, I often think, you know, as we think about some of the stuff I read today uh, about our elites. I don't know if you've read the latest about Bill Gates. Um, you know, he's a super smart scientist. Um, the latest article I saw said he's, he's investing in figuring out a way to dim the sun. takes a genius to do that. You know, it reminds me of what it says in uh, Romans chapter 1, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. 
you love the world, and you're going to come up with some really foolish things and ideas. If you don't believe that, study religion. I mean, religion contradicts itself over and over and over again. Constantly changes. Remember Bill Barron saying one time he was out in Kansas. And in Kansas, they have a, a uh, what they would call a fundamental Catholic college to train priests. So this would not be, you know, a lot of, today, in fact, this, this college considers the Vatican a bunch of liberals. But they're still Catholic, and they hold the old Catholic teachings, but, and they dress very conservatively. You would think they were, the ladies were uh, conservative Mennonites or something, the way they dress. And, you know, and, and they, of course, they still do everything in Latin. And, you know, so they're very conservative, but they're still, they're still hold to the, all the Catholic doctrines. Well, one day, him and the pastor that he was with were in a restaurant, and one of these guys from the school came in. They, and they recognized that he was from this college came in and sat down and started eating. So Brother Barron's course, was a Catholic before he got saved. So he went over and began to try and witness to him. And he said, you know why I believe my God over yours? He said, no. He said, because my God never changes. My religion never changes. And he began to point out to this man the changes that the Catholic Church has made over the years. And the guy said, yeah, you're right. You see, religion has a lot of foolish. It's a lot of foolishness. And the love of this world will, bring, will lead you into foolishness. It's foolishness judgments. It's also, its wisdom cannot comprehend God. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, they require the Spirit of God to give you understanding to investigate these things. You know, John 3, 5, Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see. Now, he wasn't talking about seeing it with his eyes. He was talking about understanding. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So a person really can't understand the, the things of God unless the Spirit of God gives them understanding and opens their minds to receive it. And there has to be a will there to understand it. I remember uh, Bill Zimmers, he was a missionary to Alaska. He got saved when he was 39 years old. He went to church all his life. Grew up going to, I think, a United Methodist church. And he said, and I say this carefully, he said, I thought the Bible was the dumbest book I ever read. Until I got saved. And then I began to understand it. You see, the world... No matter how wise they are, how intellectual they are, you know, the Pharisees didn't understand. And these were men that studied, supposedly studied the Scriptures. But they couldn't seem to come to an understanding that Jesus was the Christ when they had plain evidence right in front of them. Who can forgive sins? 
Who can make the blind to see? Who can make the lame to walk? Who can turn water into wine? And who is the I am? And he said, I am. And they'd go to arrest him and he'd walk right through the midst of them and so pass by. You know, I think it was awfully, to me, looking, looking at all those things, it was really ignorant of them not to be really, really afraid of him. After all the things that he did. But see, they were blinded. Because the wisdom of this world cannot comprehend God. And Nicodemus, who was a very learned man, could not quite under, couldn't comprehend how a man could be born again. You mean he has to enter a second time into his mother's womb? No, 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 no. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. No, you need a spiritual birth. This world system also harbors hatred for God's people. Hatred. For God's people. Go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Verse 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you're of the world, the world will love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Um, drop down to verse chapter one, or chapter 16, verse 1. These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh, that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. You know, have you noticed that, that, uh, you know, Christians are, are, are trying to be silenced and they're saying we're the ones that are the cause of evil. I mean, th- these people have been saying nothing about the riots all year long. And all of a sudden, there's this breaking into the Capitol building. Nothing was burned. Little damage done. You know, the cars in the streets were still all there when they got. Then they left. Uh, you know, very little was done, and it's like it is the end of the world. We evil conservatives. You know, the world hates us. They hate us because the devil hates us, and they are children of the devil. You know, the truth, if the truth be told, in fact, I read, I read an article one time that the reason communism is so vengeful against Christians is, is because they're afraid of them. Because look at the testimony of the world and the influence that Christian people have in the world down through since the time of Christ. You know, it totally changed the Roman Empire. The Reformation 
broke, it broke the control of the Catholic Church. And of course, you know, there's a lot of Baptists involved in that. They're the ones that, that kept the truth preserved all through the Dark Ages. But you see, so there's this hatred. Paul wrote Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12, Yea, and all that little live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. How many believers, because of things they have, they have maybe said on their personal websites or uh, Twitter accounts or Facebook pages, have lost their jobs because they said something to the effect that they think that marriage is between a man and a woman? And they've been, as they call it, canceled. If you haven't figured it out yet, the world hates us. They hate us. See, the problem is, it isn't really us they hate. It's they don't want to be accountable to a God. They want to live without accountability. They want to be able to kill their babies and not be accountable. They want to defile themselves with the flesh and not be accountable. They want to control the lives of men and not be accountable. Not answered anymore. When Bill Clinton was going through his impeachment and all that, I saw an article in the Washington Times saying that somebody wrote that he was a victim of the religious right. No, he was a victim of his own wickedness. But he blamed it on the religious right. Hey, if you haven't figured out, the world hates us. They hate us. And so, we have to be vigilant against the world. And he tells us here, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We have to be vigilant in, 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 in guarding ourselves, becoming entrapped and ensnared in loving this world. James one twenty seven says we're to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Uh, Titus 2 says the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldliness, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present evil world. We're deny the, deny the world's claim upon us. You know, Colossians 3, 1 through 3, Paul tells the church at Colossae, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So we're to set our affection not on things of this earth. Don't uh, tie your affections to things that are temporary. There's nothing wrong with having things. But don't tie your affections to them. In fact, the Bible tells us that Noah condemned the world by the preaching. We're not to be conformed to this world. Romans 2, 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed. We ought to examine the world's value standard by the word of God. 
and we are to have victory over the world. In 1 John 5, and verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You see, we, set our, we are set our affections and our trust and to rest in the promises of God, not in this old world, which passeth away. We are, but believers, notice also, believers, as believers, we are to use the world. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 31. First Corinthians 7, verse 31. Paul's here giving some instructions to the church at Corinth concerning marriage, and, and he said the time is short. You know, they were in a, in a time of uh, persecution, and, and I believe that what Paul was referring to, that he understood that there was going to come a destruction in that part of the world in a very trying time, which did come. And so it was not the wisest thing to get married at that time. Uh, but... You know, he didn't command them not to. But in verse 31, in this part of this passage, he says this, And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. So it says, as they that use this world as not abusing. See, to abuse it would mean too much excessively. You know, we, we work in the world to provide our needs. And we are commanded to do that. In fact, he wrote to the church of Thessalonica and he said, if any would not work, neither should he eat. We don't believe in welfare. Not even as from a church. If you're able-bodied, you ought to work. In fact, not working is grounds for church discipline. Grounds for church discipline. In fact, I know of a church where the wife worked and the husband didn't. He stayed home. And I think eventually that church disciplined him. Why? Because he was not providing for his house. That is a biblical command. So we are to work in this world to provide for our needs, to earn a living. You know, Paul worked in the world to provide for his own needs. He made tents. Now, he didn't make them... And there may have been some Christians that bought those tents, but he didn't make them just so Christians could buy them or give them away to Christian people. He made them to earn a living. That's what he made them for. You see, we are to work to provide for our needs and to give to those in need and, of course, give to the cause of Christ and missions. But we are not to indulge ourselves in the things of this world. You know, we can we can spend a lot of money and 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 work. Uh, people are going to spend a lot of money on things and work themselves to death to have, and then they leave it all behind. Things they don't need. One commentator said this: "Quote: There's nothing solid and lasting in this world system. It is its nature to pass away. It is folly for believers to act as though its values." were permanent, unquote. 
See, when you become attached or set your heart on something that requires excess, expense, or hardship to get, then you're abusing the world. It's becoming an idol to you. You know, I had a family member, and I hate to bring this up because I like him too. He loved guns. Not my meeting. But, you know, he loved guns. In fact, I think he worshipped guns. And he see a gun he liked, he just had to have it. And he really didn't have the money to buy it. That's music. It wasn't need. He had probably 20, <laughs> you know. Um, no, we are to use the world. We are to use it to supply our needs, to provide for our families. So we have to give to those who are in need and to give, of course, so that others can go and take the gospel in our place. So we ought to use it. And you know, there's something else that's interesting. We are to live in this world. Look at John 17. John 17. John 17, verse 14. This is the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus actually prayed just before he was crucified. He said in verse 14, I have given them thy word, speaking to the disciples and, of course, to us, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. You see, God, even the Lord here, has prayed to the Father that He wouldn't take them out of the world so that they could be a witness to the world. You know, there's a lot of things that... Understand this terminology correctly. That are of this world that we use to give out the gospel. You go out and work in the world. I mean, paper's made in this world. Now it's going to perish. But we use it. This technology is made in this world. But we use it. And, and God has ordained that we carry on the work that He begun in this world. Because once we leave this world, there's if we leave the world, there's no witness left. So he said, sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. He set us apart in this world to serve God in the world as a witness for him. Of course, we do know that one of these days is coming. When that last soul is saved, and we are going to be taken out of this world. But until then, we are to live in the world but not allow the world to live in us. You know, as a ship is safe on the ocean, 
as long as the ocean is not in the ship. And we are safe in the world as long as the world is not in us. Remember Lot's wife? The world got into Lot's wife. The world will destroy you. It destroyed Lot. He lost everything that he had. Except himself. So love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, love the fathers, not in him.